what motivates us to do the things we do, whether they serve us or they don't. We do some pretty weird stuff. We tell ourselves that we're okay, even though we're sinking neck deep in, in financial debt. We tell ourselves that uh, we don't like money, though we are often fighting over who's got enough money. We do all this weird stuff. And why? Because of what is called the motivational triad. And we're going to be talking about that this week on episode 149 of The Relaxed Mail. This is The Relaxed Mail, a show that comes to you each week helping men to remove the nice guy from their life so they can actually live their life on their terms. Join the host, certified coach, Brian Goodwin, as he helps men step out of their heads and become free from the thoughts that bind them. Hey man, hello, and welcome to Relaxed Mail. I am your host, Brian. I am a man's life and mindset coach, helping men to change their life, to go from being the nice guy to helping them become the men who live their lives on their own terms. And this show does just that by each week we sit down and we talk about different reasons as to why nice guys are nice guys and why nice guys aren't very nice to be uh, in the general sense of the term. And we're talking this week about the motivational triad, but before I actually jump into that, I wanted to say that we had a couple boostograms come through. Actually, we had one boostgram come through and it was a, and it was a combination of boosts and streams. And it was from a user named Chad. And he actually said, I heard your boostogram on podcast, uh, podcasting, 2.0. And so I am checking out your podcast. Yeah, I actually had sent uh, Adam Curry a a boostgram a couple weeks ago and actually had mentioned uh, Relax Mail to uh, Relax Mail also. And so I was at just to kind of see and had somebody actually look and come over and check the thing out and check the show out. And I'm so grateful they did that he actually sent me 8,599 sats. That is great. Now, grand guys, sats are a great way to show value for value. This Chad was going, dude, good show. He's kind of enjoying it. He's great. He's some stuff that I'm saying is really resonating with him. And he wanted to provide some of his hard earned money to, to me as a means of thank you for producing the show and getting the show out so that he could actually hear it. And he did so by sending me 8,599 Satoshis. Now you're like going, well, what are, what are, what is this whole Satoshi thing? And so a Satoshi is basically a, I think one Satoshi is a millionth of a Bitcoin. And, uh, I don't have all, all the information in front of me right now, but I believe it is a millionth of a Bitcoin. And so, you know, it is not that he threw me, you know, 500 bucks or anything, but he showed me a little bit of love by giving him, giving me some sats. And that's one of the glories of what's happening in the world of podcasting 2.0. And some new deals are coming down the pipe. I'm going to actually be trying to work those new items into, into the show, uh, down the road somewhere. But at the moment, you know, you can send me a, Sats and I will read. And if you do a boostergram and leave a message, I will actually read your boostergram out on the uh, out on the on the show. 
and uh, and we'll uh, we'll have a good time to actually let everybody know hey this is what's going on this is you know share whatever you want and i'll i'll read it and as a means to uh to thanks it's just value for value it's just capitalism at its you know at its basis that's exactly what capitalism is about is value for value you find value in what i'm doing you go hey here's a little bit of value back at you so now uh we'll jump on over into the main show i gotta work on transition some <laughs> and so we want to talk today about the motivational triad what is the motivational triad well to to boil it all the way down to the bare minimum the motivational triad is just is are three things that actually cause us to do a lot of the really weird things that we do in our lives that makes honestly makes no sense a lot of the times when we are just focused in on what the motivational triad is we do things that truly don't serve us whether it's playing small not speaking up not sharing your mind, not, uh, not taking the risk. Say you have a, you have a possibility of being able to do something that will just help you. If you take the risk, you'll get a, uh, you may get a huge reward. Now you may not, you may end up falling flat on your face and losing everything known to man, but the chance that you can go up to your, to a next level and learn a lot more and become a better person, be able to provide more for your family, be able to get yourself into better shape so that you can protect your family better. That little space of whether you should or you shouldn't, if you don't and you just back down and you play fear fearfully, you play small and you just stay in your comfort zone, that is the motivational triad at work. Now, these three Three characters, we'll call them characters. Uh, these three parts of a motivational triad is you seeking pleasure, you avoiding pain, and your brain wanting to be as, wanting to remain as efficient as possible. And I'll, those all sound really good. I mean, come on, who doesn't want to, uh, who doesn't want to, uh, to feel pleasure in their life? Who doesn't, who wants to feel pain? Who wants to, um, and who doesn't want to be in, inefficient? These all sound really good, but when they are being applied to us in a non-thinking manner, which is what happens to us a lot of times, if we are not uh, paying attention to what our thoughts are, that means our brain is running off of habit and running off of what the motivational triad has to say. And so this is why if you're not, if you're not aware, if you're not doing the model, you're not going through looking to see what uh, what the circumstance of, of your life is, circumstance what your circum- particular circumstances are. If I can get my words to bounce right, if there are certain what the certain particular circumstances in your life are, what your thoughts are around those different circumstances, the feelings that you generate because of those thoughts, the actions you take because of those feelings, and the results that you get. If you're not paying attention to those, I can guarantee you the seeking pleasure, the avoiding pain, and remaining as efficient as possible to seek and remain as efficient as possible is in full effect. And every time the motivational triad is working, you're not advancing. 
So let's break these break these three three guys down. First off, you have the seek pleasures. Like I said before, sounds great. Yeah, I mean, come on, who doesn't want to be have pleasure in their life? Well, you're right. Who doesn't want to have pleasure in their life? And there's nothing wrong with actually having pleasure in your life. Pleasure, having pleasure is a great reward for having done hard work. The issue is, is when you're seeking out pleasure for the sake of having pleasure. That's where addicts come into play. Addicts are running from uncomfortable situations and they are seeking out nothing more than the dopamine hits that a drug will give them. Alcoholics, they want to deaden the, the thoughts that they have in their mind so that they can see and find pleasure instead of whatever uncomfortable thoughts they're having. Guys who sit around and complain that they you know, that they're not, they don't have enough money is actually, they're actually doing the same thing. It is actually more pleasurable for them to sit in a pool of misery on the front porch, complaining about life instead of getting out there and actually changing what their life is to sit there and go, well, the companies are just taking us for all that we got. Oh, that's really easy just to go off and say, and yeah, you can find every evidence you want to have that that's actually going on. But you can also find that those are completely and blatantly lies. But to be able to do that, you actually have to suspend the quest for pleasure. You have to actually do some work to provide more value so that you get paid more money. That's one reason why people running around saying they need to have a living wage are proof they just want to be want to be broke. They don't they want to stay in the level that they're at. They don't want to have to apply themselves more. They don't want to have to apply more knowledge. They don't want to have to go out and do hard work just so that they can get you know five, six dollars an hour more. Instead, they would rather force a company to provide $15 an hour instead of earning the $15 an hour. And you're like, well, wait, you don't think that people at McDonald's are, are earning $15 worth $15 an hour? Actually, no, they don't. They're not worth $15 an hour. That's an entry level job. That is a job for high schoolers. That is where high schoolers go to learn how, why working is what it's all about. And if they're, if you've all of a sudden got a whole bunch of adults going to work at McDonald's, you're shoving the teenagers out of a potential of a job. So they're not having, they're not able to work nearly as, uh, as hard as they would without that $15 an hour job. So teenagers aren't worth $15 an hour. 15, uh, unskilled 15 year olds. No, they're not. They're worth the, if we were able to teach kids the proper way to go out and earn the value that they generate, we would get rid of the minimum wage altogether. So yeah, they may end up doing something working for McDonald's and only getting paid three bucks an hour, but then they would quickly realize, Oh, I need to provide, do something that provides more value so that I can make 
you know, a crap ton more money. All doing $15 an hour is doing is hold is cause, like I said, it's allowing adults to come in and go, you know what? I'm going to take up this job. And honestly, <laughs> there's a lot of adults who are doing McDonald's work who aren't doing $15 worth of, uh, $15 an hour worth of work. I don't know about you, but I've gone to quite a few fast food joints and not got my, my order correct and spent a crap ton of money for it to have a, a wrong order. I actually now have to stop. I get my, if I, if I go through the drive in and I, there's a couple of, uh, fast food joints around that I don't go through the drive through unless I've got my wife in the car with me. And when she's in the car with me, then we'll go through the drive through. We'll make the order. We'll open the bag up and go, all right, that's mine. That's mine. That's yours. That's yours. We're good. We got two drinks. Beautiful. Awesome. Let's rip and we're out of here. If I'm going to say pick up fast food because we want to sit at the house and watch a show. And I run over this one particular establishment. I order. I go inside. I order. And then I look. It's like, all right, yep, we got that. We got the right type of fries. We got, yep, that's the right sandwich. Yep, that's the right type of fries. Yep, yep, we got an apple turnover. All right, we're good. And throw everything back in, and away I go. Because the moment I don't check comes back either they put the they've got something wrong on there they didn't do it right and then i've going in i've found and discovered things wrong several times and so i've had to you know had to get it corrected now you do it politely <laughs> you don't act like the the jerk offs that are you see a lot on on reddit where you know the actual public freakouts and where they because they got the wrong sauce on their on their sandwich they start throwing registers at the employees yeah i get it there it's aggravating i don't think it's that aggravating come on it's just a freaking mcdonald's sandwich it's not even it's really not even worth the money that you're throwing but that's what they charge and that's what you want so we agree on that value but and i've gotten uh, completely on a sidetrack but you know that's all contingent upon seeking pleasure like the guy who freaks out, he's wanting a particular pleasure that he was going to get by getting that sandwich made in a particular way. And because it didn't go that particular way, he wigs out. He ain't happy and he's going to make sure nobody's happy. Very childish way to, to act. But again, that's sadly way most people think that they ought to act in society these days. But we. A lot of the reasons why we seek out pleasure isn't just sexual gratification either. Because, yeah, when you hear pleasure, that's what a lot of us guys immediately go to. Oh, yeah, well, let's, let's go find a hot chick and let's, let's bone for a bit. No, that's not actually the case. But our mind is set to seek out different types of pleasure. And whether you think that it's supposed to be sexual or not, it's actually any type of pleasurable or good feeling sensation. So getting approval from, you know, your boss because you did something, you get a, add a boy from your boss. That's pleasure. We're programmed to be seek out that type of pleasure. Also, we want to be, be accepted by our tribe. That is where the pleasure also comes into play. We want to do things. And when a nice guy, seeks out that pleasure, that's what he's actually after. That's why he acts like the nice guy. But he gets fed up because manipulation doesn't work. Covert contracts doesn't work. 
then there for a little while, yeah, it did. It worked. You know what? If I do this, they'll, they'll do this in, in exchange. And, you know, when the, at the beginning, yeah, it kind of worked that way. But after a bit, your wife, your girlfriend, whatever, really gets tired of you being a nice guy. And it gets tired of you doing, carrying out the trash simply because you're hoping that you're going to get a handy because you took out the trash. Gets really tired of, Knowing what you're going to, what you're going to hint at after you cleaned up the living room. And we do these covert, us new nice guys do these different types of covert contracts because we want that satisfaction. We want to be told, Hey, this is what we get for, for doing something really nice. So seeking out pleasure. Yeah. Can be good, but it's going to cause you a lot of problems. When that is all you're seeking out, when you are out for pleasure without delaying that gratification, out delaying that, that, that joy, stepping through a little bit of discomfort before you experience that pleasure, one, the pleasure kind of becomes a bit meaningless, but also because when you're constantly on the search for seeking pleasure, you start doing the nice guy thing of uh, manipulating and trying to get people to do things that you want them to do. Because when you're the impact of that, of that pleasure becomes so much, so diminished, you're a lot like a, someone who is addicted to say cocaine or heroin or something. Cause after a little while, yeah, you've got to use just a little bit more heroin or a little bit more cocaine to get that same level of ooh ah as you got before. Because your brain starts to get really used to being, you know, flooded with all this dopamine or all this, you know, these drugs that connect to the dopamine receptors and tricks your brain into thinking, oh, hey, this is a crap ton of dopamine. While if you were to allow your body to cycle out all that, those dopamine receptors and clear it out. And, and you held off of all that pleasure for a little bit that next time you have even a moderate amount of success on something, you're like, Oh, Hey, that was pretty cool. Instead of, you know, yeah, you're not going to be, you know, blinds, your head's not going to explode because of it, but you're going to, you're going to like that little bitty bump a lot more than if you have a whole bunch of really mind-blowing bumps. So seeking pleasure is is nice. That's something we're going to do, and that's something that motivates us into doing stuff. But to get that pleasure spaced out, to get that pleasure to be in a more controlled, yeah, you've you've earned the reason to have that pleasure, is a lot better than you just getting pleasure for no value at all is a good way to look at it. Another one is to avoid pain. And this is the thing that keeps us playing small, getting rejected by your partner, getting rejected by your, uh, by your boss, getting rejected by your neighbor, getting told you're an idiot online. All these things are painful to us. Yeah, we don't want to step out in front of a bus, and it's not because we're afraid that we're going to get killed. It's actually we're because we're afraid we're going to survive, and what's going to happen to us then? The pain that we will be in because our bones have been smashed, 
the pain of that we're not going to be able to work, so we're not going to be able to provide for our family. You know, all these different pains that we think of, of what happens if we were to survive. The pain of how much of my life is going to have to change because I got smacked by a bus. You get hit by a bus and die, you don't care. You're dead. You're There's nothing left. You're not going to worry about it anymore. You're You're out of the picture, dude. But if you survive, that's where all our fear actually comes from. So, yeah, we want to avoid pain. We don't want to step off, just see if we can run off of a cliff and, and make it as far out as Wiley e. Coyote does. We want to go, we want to be able to figure out how to get off that cliff or get up to the next cliff without feeling, with as feeling as little a pain as possible. But that also, that cliff is also a metaphor. Metaphor, not a metaphor. <laughs> I sounded hicky that time, didn't I? Anyhow, so it's a metaphor for going from one level of your life to the next level. And I understand doing the whole level thing is, is so wore out. It, it, I wish I could come up with a better analogy than levels, but video game wise, it, it works. You go from level one to level two. Level two is, uh, is pretty, is a lot stronger than, Level one, because you've gone through a lot, you've earned a lot of experience points. Well, to get from level one to level two, there's a lot of work involved and there's a lot of pain and discomfort and learning and our learning and the failures that we, uh, that we acquire through learning is often what we view as pain because if we don't get this right, then our neighbors aren't going to like us. If we don't get this right, then my, our wife's going to leave us. If I don't get this right, we're going to lose the house. We're going to lose the car. We're going to live in a cardboard box underneath a bridge and our life is over. So we live in that avoiding pain. That is what fear is. Oh, I'm going to have pain. I'm afraid of that pain. I don't want to feel that pain. So we are programmed to avoid that, that pain. Our beautiful minds are designed to be do not get killed devices. And it can be painful for us to have to tell the truth. So we tell lies. We, it's painful to actually ask your wife, Hey, honey, you want to go mess around in the bedroom later on this evening? And her to go, No, I am, I've had a really crappy day. I don't feel like it. And you want to tack that on to the 45 other days in a row that you've asked her, Hey, you want to go fool around in the bed tonight? No, I just don't feel like it. And it hurts when you get told, No. I don't want to, I'm not in a sexual mood and I don't want to have sex with you right now. Yeah, that is painful to us, especially nice guys, because that's, you know, we would like to have, we want to equate our pleasure for love. And yeah, for men, that often is the case, but it's not the only case. And when you're able to find fulfillment in your life and you're able to get pleasure from your and from your own thoughts that's when things become a lot better things can start to run a lot smoother when you are and you stop avoiding the pain and because you're not seeing a rejection as a pain you're just seeing it as okay well she doesn't feel like having sex today and i guess uh, I guess we won't have sex tonight. I'm just going to go ahead and I'm sit down here and I'm going to at least enjoy being next to her. I'm going to enjoy at least watch, sharing a television show with her. I'm going to at least enjoy 
just being in her presence. And a lot of guys are going, well, that's no fun. Well, that's life. No, you're not going to get to have sex 24-7, seven days a week, 365 days a year. And if you did, you'd get, believe it or not, you would actually get really freaking tired of it. Or at least I seem to see that. There are couples that have gone off and done a one-year challenge. And they documented that there's been a lot of really great changes that happened to that. But to, but to go off and, and have that for a year after year after year after year after year after year, I don't see that doesn't seem plausible to me. Maybe there is someone who is just perpetually, you know, he's his wife makes sure that he is, uh, he is well satiated in his hunger and he is his belly is as full and rest of him is empty and he's just he just found that rare unicorn and that may be out there but for your wife to really want to be sexually involved with you you actually have to be able to step up and be the masculine man that you were when y'all first met, when y'all first were dating, when y'all first were before y'all got married and before kids. And that's really a hard place to get to because you've gotten really used to doing the bare minimum. You've gotten around to where, yeah, you like to watch, watch football game on set on Sunday night. Yeah. You like to watch, uh, watch the Monday night football and then Tuesday night football. And I think they got a Thursday night football and only, I think that it's only. Wednesday and Friday that they don't have, and they, well, and then if you're in high school, you've got kids in high school, you go watch Friday night lights over at the local high school stadium. So, I mean, you could watch football, you know, for six months out of the year, dang near, but doing that, finding the pleasure of watching that game means you're avoiding the pain of having to truly connect with your wife. That to a lot of men is a lot scarier and a lot more painful than facing the cold and watching a football game and watching their team, their favorite team lose. Again, like I said, this motivational triad causes us to do stuff that often doesn't make a whole lot of sense. We want more connection with our wife, but we're not willing to go through the pain of building that connection with our wife because she's going to have complaints about us. But yet you don't want to complain about her because you might make her mad and then she won't have sex with you. Well, she can complain about you. You can complain about her and you can have a, a constructive complaint and it'll, it'll allow you to actually have a better connection because us humans don't want to do things that create pain. We often play it small. We don't go after what we want because you know what? That failure of trying that could be too painful. So you have to start realizing, oh, I need to step into that pain. I need to step into that discomfort. That discomfort is nothing more than a very thin veil. And it's, it doesn't take much to really pass through it. It just takes the effort of passing through it to get through it. Now, it may be a fairly long train of, of material to, for you to fully pass through it. So it's going to take a little bit for it to wash over you. But the fact that you're actually going ahead and stepping into that pain, using pain as a compass, 
because that fear, that pain is actually going to show you the direction that you want to go. When you can use that pain and fear as a compass, you're going to, it's going to show you the direction you want to be and where your, the growth needs to happen the most. But to be able to do that, you've got to first be okay with pain. You have to override that motivational triad and step into the, the, the pain that you really don't want to feel. Now, the last one is stay and remain as efficient as possible. And this one here is why we always backslide. I'm going to get better. I'm going to start talking to my wife more often, and I'm going to get myself into into shape. And what happens? You do it for a week, you two, and then, you know, all of a sudden you're skipping a, a, a workout. You know, there's a time you could have talked to your wife and and you didn't. Why? Because we want to slide back into our want to slide back into our our old habits. Our habit system of our brain is why we stay as efficient as possible. When our brain has to think, when we have to learn something, that takes an, a heck of a lot more energy than your brain just sitting in idle mode. It takes a lot more energy than when you're running on habit. You know, driving to work and you get to work and you're going and you realize, wow, I don't remember a thing about that drive. That's you running on habit. Your brain didn't have to burn hardly any extra energy because it was all on autopilot. Your amygdala immediately knew, hey, this is our point. This is where we need to turn left, turn left. All right, let's go down four more blocks. All right, there's the fourth block. Let's make a right-hand turn, turn right. All right, and here's the McDonald's. We need to get in the left-hand lane, go down another block, make a left. Okay, we're good, and there's work. You know, that's that's us going on autopilot. That is the stay and remain efficient is why our brain doesn't want us to sit there and pay attention to thoughts as much as we need to. Our th- reason to stay and remain efficient is because that's why we are so afraid of having to learn because if we're learning, we're burning more energy. What if we don't eat tonight? What if we starve to death because we didn't eat uh, tonight? We could have used that extra, you know, hundred calories that I used on on thinking, on learning a new step that it's, it's not going to be, we're going to die now because I burnt up an extra uh, 100 calories using my brain instead of storing it into fat. That's the logic our brain comes up with. And it, yeah, you're right. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but our brain isn't out to make logic. That's our logic. That's our frontal cortex. Our frontal cortex is what uses the most energy, but it also doesn't want to, it doesn't, it only runs when it absolutely has to. We want to have our, our hippocampus, our habit form of the portion of the brain do most of the work. And that is, all right, let's sit down. We sit down immediately, hit the play button, play, watch the movie. All right. And now we've watched the movie. Uh, okay. Let's go and whatever we do after we watch a movie, watch a movie, get up, go pee, uh, then come back, sit down, watch another movie, watching a movie commercial comes on. All right. Let's go pee. Let's go grab some, uh, some snacks and sit back down. And okay. Let's watch it again. Get up, go to work, go to work, 
do what, what we're supposed to. We don't have put a, a whole lot of thought into it. We're just compiling uh, pages and we're off. We don't want to apply any more than what we actually have to. But it, when we get away from let's stay and remain efficient, we start actually, one, paying attention to what our thoughts are, seeing what those thoughts are, questioning those thoughts. Is that really a smart idea that we need to do it this way? When we start doing that, then yeah, we start really making some changes and start rolling on, on a lot of the parts of our life. And we start really making the changes because when we start getting away from this motivational triad and we start realizing when we've fallen into it so we can get ourselves out of it, this is where our learning really steps up and starts to really become popular and starts to really move and pick up speed. And we start getting down the road and we start, you know, we start conquering those fears. We start delaying that gratification because we realize which motivational triad is actually coming into play. And when we can set those motivational triads uh, off to the side and just go, you know what, we'll let you play again here in a bit. But right now, I'm learning this. I am getting this done. I am getting this taken care of. I am going to get this learned. We're going to do this. Then you start to make progress in leaps and bounds, and you become the the man that you actually want to be. You stop being that nice guy. You start living your life on your terms. You know what? That's not something I want to do. I I think we need to go this way. And so you actually state your your thoughts, your terms, and you start to actually negotiate your life and you start making your life better. You start negotiating for who you are, not for the sacrifice of who you are. If you would like to help with being able to step up to that next level, if you would like to have help getting up to that next, next rung in life, you can always reach out to me. I'm here to help you. I want to be able to help you get away from the nice guy because that nice guy sounds nice. He's so damn safe. But he is nothing but motivated by the motivational triad. If you want to get away from the nice guy, you want to start living your life on your terms. Go over to relaxmail.com forward slash coaching and fill out the form. We'll set up a time to have some, have a uh, consult call and we'll see if we can actually, or if we're a good fit. And when, if you are, we'll do, we'll, you and me will be talking. For a year, we will work on this for a year straight. My package is a year long. And once we get through with that, you will see such a huge difference between where you started and where you are now that you'll, your, your, your hair will be blown away. So guys, if then anything in this podcast just resonated with you, rung a bell, caused you to think of somebody else who could really stand to hear what this is about, hear this particular message, share that out with them. Most of our podcast apps out there have some type of share function in them. Hit that share button, share it as a text message, share it in Facebook. You know, some guys in a Facebook group that really benefit from this, share it in that Facebook group, share it around, let them know there is this, this podcast out there called the relax mail and it is changing people's lives. This is changing men's lives. It is getting men to actually start stepping up, embrace the fact that they are masculine creatures and that they are the, and being a nice guy, being weak being demure does not serve them does not get them what they want actually it hinders them from getting what they want because they are not being men 
if they want to have a better relationship with their wife, if they want to have more sex with their wife, if they want to have more sex with their girlfriend, they have to be more masculine. Masculine doesn't mean you're being a jerk. Doesn't mean you're being just walking around with your shirt off, beating, beating your chest, going up, man. No, it is a more, more, way more than just all that. But to be able to start down that effect, uh, that, that path and to get the effects that you want, you actually have to start realizing I am a nice guy. Let's get this changed. And to do that, you reach out, touch base with me. Also, you all build up your, your band of brothers and you do that by joining in with this, uh, with this movement and share this podcast out, share it over on Facebook, take a screenshot, share it on Instagram, share it on Twitter. If you're on any of the other alternative, uh, social media sites out there, share it out on them. I try to share mine out on, I've got public, I'm on public square. I'm on truth social, which I don't share much on there because they there's there's some issues with with the on the programming side back end that I'm not a big fan of yet. Once they get those fixed, I'll probably be shared more out on that. But I'm on Getter, I'm on Parlor, I'm I'm shared out to to as many different social media groups as I can. I share it from time to time. My shows out on uh, on Mastodon on a couple of the uh, Mastodon servers that I'm a part of. Share it out. Let people know that there that relaxed males out there, and it, we are changing the nice guy and getting rid of him, making the nice guy a thing of the past. Because life is so much better when you're living your life on your terms and not on everybody else's terms. So, guys, with that, I want to thank y'all for listening. Y'all take care. Have a good rest of the day. See y'all next week. Till then, bye. <laughs>